Welcome to This AmeriCorps Life, the official Arizona Serve podcast by AmeriCorps members for AmeriCorps members, past, present, and future. Here is your host, Nadia Nichols. Welcome to today's episode. Welcome everyone to This AmeriCorps Life. Um, today I'm going to be your host. My name is Nadia and our guest today is Pamela. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and a little bit about what you do? Oh, excellent. Um, thank you and hello everybody. Um, so yes, uh, my name is Pamela and I am a mindful coordinator working with um, the Community Schools Grant and um, El Rio Health. So I've had the opportunity to learn to be a mindfulness instructor to elementary school age students. So far, grades three and four. Uh, so I go into a couple schools once or twice a week for 45 minutes and I engage with the students into mindful practices. So if you, we can explore that topic further with what that is, you know, what that involves and the benefits that um, I'm starting to observe with the students as well as myself. Awesome. So you're saying you, you've just learned to be a mindfulness instructor with this AmeriCorps term. Absolutely. So what have you learned mindfulness is? What is it to you? Well, mindfulness is really probably one of the most difficult things that any of us can actually practice. And I would argue that it's probably the most essential Thing that we can do to have a very healthy life. Okay, so in summary, mindfulness is just a way of noticing without judging the present moment. It's just about being here, being now, that life is unfolding right now. It doesn't happen yesterday or it's not going to happen tomorrow. Your life is what you are doing at this very moment. Interesting. And hard. And hard. <laughs> because we are constantly wandering, right? So our minds, you know, just by habit, are, you know, usually either thinking about what we're going to do next, what we're going to say next, or what we did and what we didn't do. Um, so we're constantly judging our actions. And then we're, that's taking away from actually just living in the moment and just appreciating what we have in, at, at any given time. And so, yeah, it's definitely a hard thing. And I, I feel like I struggle with that even. So how are you able to teach that to such young children? I know. That's a really great question. And well, one thing that I, this is my first time also working with this age group. So I have a background of working with um, university age students. Okay. Um, but I'm finding that this age group, you know, between maybe ages eight to nine, are much more engaging. Sorry if you're a university level student. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of questions. So, you know, I see a lot of hands go up, you know, when I'm explaining certain concepts about just as I was explaining to you, just about, you know, mindfulness is about noticing what's happening, using your senses to tap into your own sort of body-mind awareness. So your, to answer your question, how do I do that? How do I teach students? Is because I need to be practicing it myself. <laughs> so that's one of the core elements about being a, a good teacher is that you have to really practice what you are trying to engage with and pass on that knowledge. 
What are some of the practices or methods that you use to teach some students? Excellent. So what we um, have been exploring is something that's really essential and is just paying attention to your breathing. So we start each lesson with slowing down our central nervous system by focusing our awareness and attention on our breath. So it's about slowing down and just noticing your breathing going inhaling through your nose and then slowly just exhaling through your mouth. And so we practice that and we call it switching. So it's the idea is, is that we are switching from kind of one state of being, that busy mind, and we're slowing ourselves down to prepare our bodies and our brains to learn. So we practice that for about maybe three to five minutes. Mm-hmm. And um, the students, by this time, let's, I've had about nine or ten lessons with them. As soon as they enter the room and everyone takes their seats, they start getting into the pose right away. Oh, that's amazing. It's so fun to see. Like, they know they know this is what's going to happen. Mm. Do you notice a difference before and after you practice? Yes. So, of course, you know, some it's... It's some, for some students, it's, it's a bit more difficult, but some students have really picked up right away on having some more um, body and uh, regulation. So they're very in tune with the expectations and very engaged. I can see, you know, as I look around the room at each student, you know, those who are really understanding the, um, the benefits of, you know, just kind of being here in the present moment, they look very calm and they're very settled and they're less distracted. But eventually, you know, throughout the 45 minutes that I spend with them, you know, some of the students who have a harder time getting into the groove, they, you know, they do, even if it's just really momentarily, but that's fine. That's all that matters. You know, it's not about sustaining, you know, this kind of state of presence because that's impossible. We're constantly, you know, we have tasks that we need to attend to as well. But, you know, if each of us throughout our, you know, day can just take pauses of just checking in with, okay, where, where am I? What's going on? What's my body telling me? And you don't judge it. You just ask yourself and you just check in. It's not right or wrong. It's just, it is. That's nice. That's hard to accept, I think, for a lot of people, like, that things just are. You talked a little bit about engagement, levels of engagement, in the comparison between your current third and fourth graders and previous university-age students. Why do you think those levels of engagement are so different? Oh, that's an excellent question. I wish I was a social scientist (laughs) and was able to have more of a kind of a deeper understanding about the developmental stages between Mm -hmm. those age groups. So one, you know, one notable difference is, is that when I was teaching at university, I wasn't introducing these practices, you know, to start the class. So I think that, you know, in, that would be a real benefit um, to just take three to five minutes at the beginning of each class at the university level to, you know, get the students kind of engaged in where they are. You know, because the university students, there's there's a whole different level of demands and, and pressure, mm-hmm. you know, outside demands for competing for time. Many of them had part-time jobs in addition to being a full-time student. So I guess I feel with that kind of level of responsibility, 
unfortunately, kind of comes with, you know, um, not taking care of yourself as well as you really could be. Versus the students that I'm working with now, they, they're, they're very curious still. Mm-hmm. They're very uh, open to trying new things. And I guess, you know, even though I was teaching creativity, ironically, there seems to be kind of a level of caution that goes with, you know, being at the university level, less risk taking, Mm -hmm. and um, a little bit more kind of conservative into, you know, not wanting to make a mistake or fail. But again, that's, you know, that's um, counterproductive, right? It's about, so mindfulness is, is just not judging that situation. It's not, it's not about, you know, good or bad. It's just accepting that there's going to be obstacles and challenges that we all of us have to face. It's just about reframing what that obstacle or challenge is actually telling us. Interesting. So education is like the main part of the position because it is, as you said, a part of the community schools initiative. So how do you see the mindfulness instruction that you are um, providing to these students impacting their education? Yeah, you know, again, that's a really good question. When we are able to just check in with our bodies and our brains, kind of help self-regulate, we're better able to take in new information. So we're actually training our brains to become stronger, and we're more receptive than to learn. So in that sense, if you are self-regulating your body, then you're able to become a more attentive learner. So that's how it would be uh, manifesting, I think, into other subjects that these students are learning at a really rapid level. Definitely. So for someone who's already older and isn't getting the instruction, what is one thing I could do to be a little bit more mindful or any of our listeners Oh, great. Start right now. So you're listening to this podcast and just tune into the sound of our voices. Try not to be distracted by anything else that's happening around you. Um, Pay attention to your posture. So pay attention to are you sitting? How are you sitting? Maybe you can adjust and just pay attention. (laughs) Exactly. So we don't even notice most of the time what our bodies are. It's almost like we're disconnected from ourselves. And breathing. So you just want to kind of slow yourself down and just be present in this moment that you're allowing yourself to listen and really just take in all the different sounds that you are hearing and not judging anything, but just stay focused. And then you're going to notice you're going to wander. And that's okay. Just let yourself wander and say, oh, I wandered. And then as soon as you acknowledge that you wandered, you just come back to where you are. And our bodies are always the anchor. So your mind is free to just go to these vast places of imagination, visualization, you're going to do that. You're going to be thinking, you're going to be wondering, you're going to be having feelings and emotions. But you can always change that narrative by just refocusing your attention on what's happening with your body. 
And when you're sitting, it's really helpful to sit with a really, you know, sit upright with your shoulders back because it allows your breathing to enter fully into your body. So you become more open. And if we can just do that in three to five minutes throughout our day, just kind of checking in, that has benefits. That's amazing. I feel better. Even just after sitting up, I was like, I could breathe deeper. Exactly. It's so amazing. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. (laughs) So would you say that your mindfulness has increased throughout your... Absolutely. Um, So I'm much more aware that I want to be improving my practice. So I run every single morning Mm -hmm. and um, for about 45 minutes. And for me, that's one method of practicing mindfulness. Um, I don't listen to the radio or have any other distractions. I'm very much paying attention when I'm running to the motion of my body and my breath. So I do that. And then what I did this morning after I ran is um, I was listening to meditation music. And it's just the sound of the various instruments softly kind of running through my apartment as I walked from room to room. It helped me just become calm. And it was like I had this kind of relationship with the sound and my own movement through my space. So to me, that prepared me to to just enter the day you know because it's very it's a really different experience when I you know open up that door and get into my car and you know drive because driving is driving is stressful Mm -hmm. and so and you have to be aware of what's around you I mean I'm sure how many times have all of you when you get into your car you don't even realize that you're driving like you don't even notice like pilot absolutely mm-hmm. and um so it's about it's taking those moments when we're sitting in the car and just reflecting on the fact that oh i'm driving how am i driving what are my hands doing what's my body doing what's my relationship to my vehicle and the other vehicles and then just noticing the the surroundings so and that's, about, that's another way to practice being mindful is to just, you know, use all of your senses. And so just really, when you, when you use your sense of sight, are you really seeing what's there? Or are you just on autopilot and just, you know, say, oh, that's a building. Well, what kind of a building is it? You know, how many windows are there? What color is it? Where is it located? What is it made of? So you just want to start asking those deeper questions when you're using your senses. So that's just sight, for example. But you can practice those deeper questions with any of your senses. Definitely. That's a lot for me to think about today. (laughs) Well, we really appreciate you coming in and talking and educating us a little bit on mindfulness. If anyone wanted to reach out or learn more from you, how could they go about that? 
You can contact me by sending me an email at my Arizona Serve account, which is just、um, P Salen, that's S A L E N, at ArizonaServe.org. And I'd be happy to answer any questions that you might have about practicing mindfulness. That is great. Well, thank you. And thank you to all who are listening in. And I hope we all have some mindful days today. Me too. <laughs> Thanks for sharing your time. Thank you. Bye bye. You've been listening to This AmeriCorps Life, produced by Arizona Serve of Prescott College. Find out more at ArizonaServe.org and at Prescott.edu.